everybody. It is the start of something new today, and I'm really excited about it. For the first time since the pandemic, today, our Louisville campus will join us. Will you put your hands together and welcome our Louisville campus, everybody? <laughs> Woo! Pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about it. Thank you so much. Uh, Pastor G and the Louisville family for what you do. We appreciate it as you launch this season. We're pretty excited about what God is going to do. In addition to that, we've got people watching us from all over the world. So will you at home, will you in the building help me welcome people that are watching online all over this world. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, today I am... Uh, I'm really excited about what God has to say to all of us. I, I really, really am. And so I'm going to just walk through a passage of scripture. Uh, sometimes we do this. Sometimes we go a little more uh, uh, storytelling. But today the narrative is pretty incredible. And so we're going to live here. In our series so far, we've been calling it Gift Exchange, right? Uh, you give God your pain and he will give you peace. You give God your hurt and he will give you healing. Today we're going to talk about you give God your grief and he will give you joy. But to get there, we've got to go through uh, some pretty incredible theological truths to get there. And I think everybody, every person under the sound of my voice need to get a pen out, need to get your phones out to type, but you're going to have to take some notes today because this is going to help you not just today, but every single day for the rest of your life. What he's about to drop on you is about to transform you. So if you don't mind, let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God and see what he has to say to us on uh, today. Father, will you do what you do so, so, so well? God, we came in here with hearts that perhaps are not, are not as aligned as we'd like them to be with you. Will you, will you reset the alignment? God, we came in here with hurts and with hang-ups. Will you, will you hear the cry of our hearts and speak directly to it today? God, many of us came in here and, and things are going great. And some of us are not even aware of the stuff that's going on in our hearts. Because, God, we have, we have allowed the event to be so long gone, we, we've not fully processed this. Will you, will you remind us of that event? And then will you help us to process it this time? Will you heal our hearts, and align it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen, amen and amen. Thanks for being here, everybody. Really appreciate that. Um, I, I want to I talk about the story of Mary and Martha because they knew what grief was. I want to talk about that today. But in order to fully embrace and understand this passage, you've got to, first of all, understand the author that's writing this passage. John uh, is writing this book, and He's writing it particularly to Jews, and the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are, for the most part, they try, to, they try to write it in chronological order. But when it comes to John, John says there, there, there are these seven I am's in the, in, in that Jesus said, and I'm going to organize my book according to those seven I am's. And I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm not concerned first about chronology. Did it happen? Do what happened first, second, third, fourth? What I'm concerned about is that you will receive the complete message of God, which is real simple. The message of God is this. I want my disciples to trust me and to have faith in me and to believe in me. And so he's going to, he's going to organize his text and organize his writing to prove that every disciple, which includes you, should trust him and have no business not 
trusting Jesus's process. That's what he's about to teach you. So the disciples are on this side. The Pharisees are on this side. Scribes are on this side. And he's saying, hey, guys, hey, hey, my boys, I'm going to leave. But when I leave, I need you to know that you need to trust me and not follow them. They got it wrong. They made church into a religion, and they made it not a relationship. I want you to trust in me and not in a system so that you can have the life I've always wanted to give you. That's his point. So now we pick up in this pericope, and it's John chapter uh, 11, and it's where Mary and Martha uh, shows up and gives some information to Jesus because they need his help. Now, um, um, if, if you ever heard or read the book, The Love Languages, you know that many of us have different love languages, right? For some people, it's acts of service. For some people, it's quality time. For some people, it's touch. You know, whatever yours is, you can do yours. Uh, words of encouragement, whatever yours is. And so many of us have these, these love languages. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus' love language today. Jesus' love language is trust. If you want Jesus to cozy up beside you, then what you need to do is trust him. The more you trust him, the more he closes up to you. The more, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you trust him. So if right now you say, I'm not so sure I can trust Jesus, then the further away from him you're going. Jesus, he complements two things in all of the Bible. He says, Syrophoenician, I have not seen faith like this, trust like this in all of Jerusalem. Centurion, I have not seen faith like this. The two things, you know what, because that's his love language. So what you and I have to work on is are we going to trust Jesus? That's the point of the story, and I'm telling you all of this up front so that as you go through it, you're going to see it clearly. Second thought I want to share with you, I want to destroy a, a theological concept that a lot of people believe, and I'm going to destroy it in this passage today. Here it is, here it is, here it is. It's called, if, if, if I name it, I can claim it. Let's, let's obliterate that today and show you why that only worked for North Americans. It don't work for the rest of the world. But anyways, uh, he said, he said he's, most, most people say, if, if I just claim it, God, this is what I want, and I'm going to grab my blessing. That's why you got to watch what you sing. Anyways, uh, don't, don't, don't sing nonsense about I'm going to grab my blessing like you are in control of the outcome. You're not. Let me help you out once and for all. You are never in control of the outcome. You are in control of the process, not the outcome. Oh, oh and some people, not, you don't feel me yet. Um, um, he is the Lord of the harvest. Not you. You are the Lord of the seed. The seed is what you can control. The process of, okay, what am I going to do now? Am I going to get the harvest I want? God is in control of the harvest. You are in control of the seed. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you ever forget it. That's why you can't say, well, I'm going to grab my blessing. I'm going to grab my house. I'm, I'm praying for this uh, $18.855 million house. And God, I'm going to grab it. You can grab it all you want. <clears throat> You're in charge of, God, here's my seed. I'm going to plant it in good soil. And then I'm going to, listen, here's the word. I'm going to wait with patience to see the mystery of what you're going to do. Ah, uh, somebody missed that. Somebody missed it. I haven't even gotten to the text yet, y'all. All I'm talking about is 
you got to make sure your theology mentally about God is right. You and I are never responsible for the outcome. Ever. That's God's job. So don't go to God saying, I need this. You better give me this. I want it. I want this is what I want. No, no, that's not your job. You're setting yourself up for failure, heartache, and pain when you, and grief when you do that. Your job is, God, um, here go my seed. I'm going to plant my seed. Here we go now. And I'm going to trust you. I'm cozying up to you, God, because I'm trusting you. Watch this now. And I'm going to patiently wait for the mystery of what you're going to reveal. Now, I'm not in control of none. I'm just in control of being faithful and trusting. Don't you ever forget that. Pastor, I want this job. Pastor, I want this spouse. Pastor, I want this better marriage. But you're not in control of the outcome. What you're in control of is, are you planting a faithful seed into your character? Are you planting a faithful seed into what God has already revealed and walk in obedience to it? If you are, and then you're waiting with anticipation and mystery. Ooh, how is this one going to turn out? God, I can't believe you give me a front row seat to see what you're going to do. Even if you don't do what I want, at least I'll see a different side of your character and I'm good to go. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Oh, I know I am. So I'm going to help somebody out. I'm here today to tell you, I'm just giving you a foresight as to what's to come in this passage. Because Mary and Martha is going to miss it. And because they did, they're going to experience more pain. But I'm here to tell you, Mary and Martha, you're not, you're not responsible for the outcome. Don't focus on the outcome. You're responsible for whatever I have in front of you, be faithful to that. Oh, that's a word. Anyways, all right, all right. You've heard enough. You'll be like, okay, can you get to it, please? What you really talking about? Faith is not a means to manipulation. It is a patience with mystery. Let me write, let me say that again. Faith is not a means to, let me do this so God can do this. Let me, okay, God, I'm going to do this, and then you're going to be able to do it. I'm going to tithe today, but then, God, you got to come through for me. That's not what faith is. Faith is patience. And you are waiting the mystery of God. All right, I think, I, think, I think I've set it up enough now. Let's see what Mary and Martha had to do. Don't, don't ever forget it. Here we go. We're starting. Um, let's go to verse number, let's start at verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. <clears throat> so he's telling you who the characters are. Just, just slip your name in there real quick. He's going to talk to you too. So just slip your name. Whatever your name is, put your name in the text. Number, verse number two. First alarming insight. Here we go. It was Mary who was anointed, who anointed the, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, if you don't know your Bible, you'll miss that. If you don't know your Bible, you'll miss that. <clears throat> Here's why. Because this don't show up. Till chapter 12. He's telling you, this didn't happen yet. <clears throat> but as you look back on the text, you're going to see that in chapter 12, they're going to worship God. So if you know that in chapter 12, I'm going to worship God, then in chapter 11, I can wait patiently to see the mystery of how God is going to reveal this. That's because of this thing called insight of hindsight. 
Say that with me, everybody. You have insight of hindsight. Two more times. You have insight of hindsight. One more time. You have of good. See, James is writing this book, and he knows the whole story. He knows that Jesus is going to be risen from there. He knows the whole story. So he's telling us and putting in the text for us what happens in chapter 12 while you're living in chapter 11. He says, I'm going to give you some insight because I have hindsight. I know the end of the story. I know what's going to happen with Mary and Martha. So I'm going to tell you what they're going to do in chapter 12 to give you hope, one community, to give you hope that if you can imagine yourself worshiping God in chapter 12, you will have the strength to make it through the uncertainty of chapter 11. I wish I had a witness. If, if you can see yourself, self, I know I don't like this current situation. But I'm going to praise God tomorrow, and I'm going to try and praise him today. I ain't feeling like praising him. I'm frustrated with the current situation. But God, if you get me through another day, your word says your mercies are new every morning. If you just get me there, I'm going to be all right. So you ought to project yourself as worshiping tomorrow so you can make it through today. I love what John does in the text, because seldom do we see things like this where, where this don't happen yet, but he wants to bring it up to the readers so they know, don't get it twisted. She's going to worship him, and she's going, she can't believe it. Another insight is that when you know what God has brought you through, it is easy to worship him in chapter 12. Because before you got to chapter 12, you didn't know he was the resurrection and life. It is a circumstance that taught you a new revelation of God. So it's easy for her to worship him in chapter 12 because of the revelation she received in chapter 11. So the question for you is, what's the revelation you're receiving right now in your life? Because it's going to lead to a worship service uh, sometime next week or the week after or the next month. But you got to walk in strength knowing what's coming in the future. My God, my God, my God. Here we go. No, verse number three. Come on, come on, come on. Verse number three. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Next verse is going to say, by the way, you really did love Mary and Martha as well. Actually, Jesus, you love their cooking. You love when Martha be, be cooking some stuff up. Because you love to go to her house when she cooking. So the text wants you to know that this is not somebody who is not favored with God. This is somebody who loved God. This is somebody who God loves. This is a special person in Jesus' life. So therefore, mosey on up and put yourself right at the table because you're there too. You're somebody that God loves. No matter what you're going through, you're somebody that God loves. Everything in the text is normal so far. Watch the next verse. Verse 14 tells you. Um, but when Jesus heard this, they sent, so the sisters, verse 3, so the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Mary and Martha said, the boy you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> Are you telling me, God, that there's some things that's going to happen in my life that have nothing to do with me? There's some disappointments, some fears, some insecurities, some, uh, some brokenness that I'm going to go through. That has nothing to do with me. It all has to do with you and your glory. That's right. There's some things that you go through when you ought not to say, why is this happening to me? It has nothing to do with you. 
It has to do with the glory of God. He wants to show himself off, and he's using one of his choice servants to pull it off. So it don't have nothing, it don't have nothing to do with your sin. It don't have nothing to do with nothing. It has to do with God trying, just trying to show off. Will you allow him to use your life to show himself off? So whatever is going to happen, all of this is normal right now. Whatever is going to happen next, um, um, so far it's normal. Next verse, here's what it says. Um, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, loved, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse number six. Enter the problem. Verse six. Here we go. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed, say that with me everybody, Two days longer in the place where he was. Now, that I don't understand. Lord, you know I need an answer, but you're not responding. Lord, you know I'm hurting. Lord, I've seen you done miracles before, and I know, actually, you don't even have to come. You can speak the word, and he can get healed. But God, you are withholding the stuff you can do. For some reason, but all I need you to know is I'm in pain while you're waiting to give me what I want. Anybody ever find themselves there? Everybody in here has a Lazarus. Everybody does. Right now, you got one. God, I need you to come through for me in this area. You have not come up. You're two days late. You're waiting, talking about you're busy doing something else. And I know you can, you can just say, utter it, and it will be fine. But you're not uttering anything. You're silent. Now my frustration increases. Now I, I, I've been faithful to you. I have loved you. I have, I have been serving. I have given. I, have, I lead a life group. I've done all that you asked me to do. And you're still not coming through for me. Now, this is why, depending on your theology... You're either going to end up in frustration or you're going to end up with faith, depending on your faith. See, if you believe that God owes you something, now you're going to end up in frustration because you believe you control the outcome. There it is. You believe that, God, I can tell you what I want, and because I've been faithful, I deserve it. God said, no, you don't. Here's why. Say it with me. Because you don't control the outcome. Everybody, I, this is what you're going to get today. Say it with me, everybody. We don't control the outcome. That's not everybody. That's not everybody at home. Everybody together, write it in the chat. We don't control the outcome. I don't think you got it yet. Last time. We don't control the outcome. I think you got it now. Here we go. So since you don't, Mary, Martha, what you should be doing right now is saying, therefore, I need, since I'm not the Lord of the harvest, I need to be the Lord of the seed. So, God, I'm going to wait and see what you're up to, but I'm going to wait patiently, here we go, with expectant mystery. Now, the mystery don't mean you have to do it my way. The mystery means you up to something, and if I don't take notice, I'm going to miss what you up to. So your assignment as you in that waiting room is to say, ooh, what's he going to do now? I can't wait. Notice what you're enjoying. You're enjoying watching your great God put something on display so you can see it. That's the expectation. You notice where the focus is? Not on the gift that God can give you, but on the God 
and his character qualities. Because you're going to reveal something, and I can't wait. So the next time you're in drama, and you can't believe it, and you're worried, and you're afraid, he's just saying, you don't deserve, you don't discern or decide the outcome. You decide to see. All right, let's go. Let's see what else you got there. The text says, the text says, the text says, two days later. I don't know why he's doing this. Then he goes about his business. Now, go all the way down to verse number 11. Verse number 11. This he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go, so that I may awake him out of his sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Go all the way down to verse 14. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, knucklehead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, what's his point, what's he trying to drive home, I need you to trust me, what's his love language, faith, believing me, even when it's not clear, even when you're uncertain, even when things don't look like they're going the way you want to, believe in him, but let us go to him. What do you do when Jesus comes talking about, I am glad for your sake, there is pain, and I'm glad, what, why is Jesus laughing when you suffer? Because he knows he's setting you up to reveal who he really is. Because he, here's what you need to know. God doesn't show you that he loves you by giving you what he wants, what you want. See, that's also, some of us equate love with giving me what I want. That's because we've had flawed parents who whenever they want you to be happy to give you what you want. That's not how God works. God says, my job is for you to see me and my presence and enjoy the presence of God. I show you that I love you by being with you. <laughs> watch the text, watch the text, watch the text, watch the text. So now it gets real good right about at verse number 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for days. I'm talking about that in a minute. See, because the Jews believe the spirit could still come back to a body in three days. So Jesus had to wait till this would be illogical. Till the, so whatever your belief system is, Jesus is going to wait as long as he has to so that it passes your expectation so that you're going to give him all the glory at the end of this because he's not up to uh, you being able to explain it. it. He wants it to be so supernatural. There is no way whatsoever anybody can get the credit but him. So don't miss those four days. That's very significant. He continues. He says, now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off. Watch this now. And many of the Jews had come to Mary, Martha and Mary to console them uh, concerning their brother. Now, here's my question. Martha is going to see Jesus come. She sent uh, a servant to go tell Jesus the story. You ever watch what happens when you send somebody to go do something and you see them coming? Here's what you look, at least this is what I'd be looking for. <clears throat> I'd be looking like, is there two people in the car or just one? Is it just... Bro, I didn't send you to come back here alone. I sent you to come back with Jesus because Lazarus needs some help. Can you imagine uh, 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 Martha and Mary waiting? Let me see. Let me see. I can't wait. They're waiting. Hey, Jesus, come in. Hey, don't make that thing burn on the stove. Let me see if he's coming back yet. They didn't have cell phone. Anybody texting nobody. So they'd be waiting. Let me see if he's coming back down the road. He ain't coming yet. 
And then when you see the servants, they coming by themselves. Oh, no, you didn't, Jesus. Talking about you love me. How can you love me if you ain't coming? But you wait four days until you show up. The text says, text says, 17. The text says, um, um, he waited in the, he had already been in the tomb four days. Um, the text, verse 19 says, a lot of people have come to console them concerning their brother. Let me help you out. I don't care how many friends you have. What you need to know, what I need to know, is that friends can only take you so far. And then you're going to need Jesus. So I, I, I love the fact that we have community, all that. And that's absolutely appropriate. We're going to see it in text in a minute. But I need you to know that friends can only take you so far. There's sometimes when you're under that blanket and you don't want to talk to nobody, what you need is Jesus by himself. You, you, ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever have one of them days when you're under the blanket and you just don't want to get up? You just, I, I can't take it today. It's too much. I can't take it today. I can't take it. I just want to stay under this blanket. Nobody call me. Get them kids out of here before one of them don't make it. I just need some peace. In the name of Jesus. I'm like, is there anybody that ever had one of them days? Of course you have. All of us have. In them days, what you need is not a friend to console you. You need Jesus to mosey on up beside you. And that's why you need to always remember, it is Jesus that we need. They're finding out in their experience that they can't do it by themselves. And the, the fact of the matter now is they need Jesus. Verse 20, pick it up. Verse 20. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Watch these two responses. I love what Jesus does here. Watch the two different responses. Mary, I'm staying in the house. I'm not. I'm so mad at Jesus. I don't even want to see him. I don't want to see him because I am much more internally driven. I'm much more um, I'm driven by my emotions. So I don't want to see him because he's disappointed me and he's crushed me and he owes me. Martha, on the other hand, said, oh, no, I'm going to see him. Because he has to, here we go, give me a reason. See, Martha uh, needs logic. Mary needs comfort and emotion. What's the two? And Jesus masterfully deals with both of them. But Mary comes out and says, Jesus, last time you came here from a cooking, I, can't, I allowed you to come inside. This time, I'm not, I don't want you in my house. I'm coming to meet you at the gate. I don't need you in my house because you done did me wrong. You know what? Why y'all listening to me like y'all don't have these thoughts with Jesus? I'm just saying what you don't want to say because you think you're sick, you might get struck. But I know what Martha, Martha said, hey, um, hey, 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 what's up, dog? Listen, you're supposed to be my boy, but you ain't my boy no more. Because you waited, you could have fixed it and you did not. So I need to know why. Why would you wait? You, by the way, remember, they've never seen a resurrection before. So this is a new revelation. that they, Jesus has to show them this side of his character and his power. It's all about revealing who he is so they can trust him more when he's gone. Because them two, same two ladies are going to watch him on that cross. And they have to have a, a, a worldview that has the option of resurrection for them to believe that what he said he's going to do on that cross, he has already done before. He's trying to reveal to you his character. The question you should ask in your current situation is, God, what are you trying to reveal to me? 
What is it that you're trying to show me? I planted my seed. I am waiting as the Lord of the seed. I am trusting your process and waiting with mystery, God. Show me the part of your character that you want me to see. Instead of being consumed by the outcome. That's the conundrum that we all face. When we're in a situation that we don't like, that we don't know why we got here. So now he says, Martha comes out and she says, hey, here's, here's my argument. I want to know. Mary's going to stay in the house. She's not going to come out till later on. Watch the story. Come on. Let's go real quick. Now he says, um, verse number 20. <clears throat> uh, they came out and stayed there. Verse 21. <clears throat> Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's your fault, God. Everybody knows it's your fault. Watch the two words now. Even now, you you know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now this verse, mark it, highlight it on your phones, highlight it wherever you have your Bible. This is a This is where the passage turns. Mary is show, uh, Martha is showing that she knows theology. So God, I could be in my feelings, but I know theology. God, here's what I know. If anything, Jesus, anything you ask the Father for, he's going to give you. So you could ask the Father, and then the Father, because y'all agree with stuff in heaven, and then reveal it to us down here, you could have asked him, and he answered you, and you could have given us the answer, but you didn't do it. I know, God, I know how this thing works with you. I'm a theological student. I went to seminary. I know this thing. And you could have done it, and you didn't. It's your fault. She continues. She says, um... Um, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She's showing that she does not just know theology, she also knows eschatology. What's her response? She said to me, yeah, 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 I know that. I know that we, he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I know that. Anybody, I know that. I'm not talking about the future. I have a current situation that you don't want to address. Why won't you address my current situation? You tell me about heaven. Anybody care about heaven right now? I care about right now. You talk to God the same way. You just do it in your thoughts. God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm sick of waiting. I've been fasting for the last 15, 20 years for the same thing. And you ain't coming through. That's God you care more about outcome. I know we're going to do this fast again in January, God. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a breakthrough in my job. I've been waiting for a breakthrough in my marriage. I've been waiting for a breakthrough. I'm sick and tired of being single. I need somebody to hug me. I've been waiting, 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 waiting. You talking about, well, when you get to heaven, you need to be married to Jesus. I, okay, but I don't want to feel that right now. I need somebody to touch me. You see, you, 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 don't like, you don't like say it the way it really is, do you? You like faking the funk. <laughs> I could stay there. I need to go. Um, um, that's a good one to stay and camp out right there. But I'm going to go because we have too much to cover. Here's what he says next. Here's what he says next. The text continues. Um, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. He's trying to reveal his character. Every time you go through a difficult situation, it really isn't about you. You need to ask, God, what part of you do I not want to trust? God, what facet of your character am I, am I giving the Heisman? I don't like that part. What, what part of it? And you should write this down right now. What part of God's character do you not like? 
because it's either you don't like the fact that he's control of, in control of the outcome, so you just have to plant the seed. And those of you who are control freaks, that's all you want to do. You want to control everything. And he said, no, no, I am the one in charge of outcomes. That's you. Plant the seed and be faithful and watch fronts grow seed. What I will do. All right, watch it down. Watch it down. Watch it down. Watch it down. Let's come all the way down. All the way down. He, he picks up Mary now and he's going to talk to Mary and he's going to say, okay, Mary, I'm going to come to you. Verse 32. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, still at the gate, because Martha is not letting him in, she saw him and fell at her feet. Watch Mary's posture, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, same excuse. It's your fault. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. God, you know it. He would not have died. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. I'm crying. I'm confused. I'm afraid. I'm questioning everything I know about you. I feel trapped. Why weren't you here? He doesn't give her arguments, though. Watch what he does with her. I guess what, yeah, go read the Bible. It's great. He says, when Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, watch it, and the Jews who came with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved, compassion, in spirit, and was troubled. And said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see, and he wept. To one, he gave reasons and arguments. To the other, he met where they were emotionally. Here's what Jesus ma mastered. He knows how to find and come right where you are and meet you right where you're at. He specializes in that. So the more you open up to him, listen, the more he's allowed to come in. But if you keep him at a distance, he's not going to force your hand. And what you're doing, many of us are right now, is we're putting our hand out and say, it's too close, it's too painful, it's hurting too much, I don't want you any closer. You say, okay, I'm going to wait till you finish. Because I don't live in time, you do. I got all the time in the world to waste. And I know until you realize that you need to be broken, until you realize that you need to trust me, you're going to keep your hand out here, and the only teacher is going to be pain. Until you say, okay, God, let me let you in a little closer. Because I know you're up to something and I need to see what you're up to. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. You see what happens when you just read the Bible sometimes? Just read it too. It's great. Um, uh, sometimes you don't need no illustration. You just need to read the Bible because it will give you everything you need. Uh, here's what he says next. Watch it now. Watch it now. Watch it now. Watch it now. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Watch Jesus, verse 38, and let's camp here. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Now let's talk about stuff that has died in your life. Let's talk about the stuff that's here that you don't want to deal with. Pastor, I've been rejected too many times. I won't be rejected again. I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna remember it. I don't even want to remember the pain associated with the consistent rejection that I have faced. I don't want to, God. Don't open the tomb. Leave it closed. God, I'm exhausted. 
I've been in this for eight, nine, ten months now, and I don't even. I am so tired of it. I want out. I want out of everything. I want out of all my relationships. I want out of this house. I want something. I don't want to stay here no more. I am sick of it. I have had it up to here. Don't open it. You don't want to know what's in there. It's going to stink. God, the pain of the hurt that the person I loved caused me. I don't want to bring it back up again. It's too painful. Don't, don't open it, God. Please, God, do not open it. I don't want to know. It's okay. Just leave me in my state that I'm in. I, I'm done. I don't, just leave me alone. I don't want to know. It's dead. Leave it there. God, I don't want to read begin to rethink about these expectations that I have that I felt were mine, but you didn't bring them to pass. I don't want to rethink about them because what I've done to control it is I've just determined that it's not there. So I've just told myself, um, um, I don't want to ever be rich. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Because every time I try to do something, it fails. God, I tried going to the school, the college that I wanted to go to, but they didn't accept me. So now I'm at this college that I really don't want to be at. I don't want to re-enter this dream. It's too painful. Don't want to do it. What's yours? What's your Lazarus that's dead? That you don't want to open? That's the question on the floor. Because you know if you open it, as, as soon as you open it, tears well up. And you have mastered the art of controlling it. <laughs> When somebody comes close to it, you be like, no, 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 no. And you, you allow it to run your whole life. What do I want to talk about now? The grief, the pain, the hurt, the thing that's dead. Watch what he says. This gets real good. This gets real good. He says, he says, verse 39, he says, Jesus said to them, remove the stone. Now listen, faith is what Jesus is after. He's going to make an, an illogical request that all your, 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 your argumentations, all of them, is irrelevant to God. He wants to know, will you trust him? So here's what it is. Let's see if we can make this plain now. Jesus says, I know it's painful. <clears throat> he says, here is his revealed will. Two will. Revealed will. Revealed will is what's already in the Bible. What you already know what to do. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to walk in obedience. He wants you to obey his word. That's his revealed will. He says, I have already revealed it to you. Just go live it out and be faithful with the seed that you have. Number two, he says. But here we go. There's also something called the seek. Everybody say this with me, please. The, the secret will of God. <clears throat> The secret will of God is the stuff that God knows that him and the Trinity, Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, already decided on in heaven. Listen now. He's already decided on it in heaven, but you don't know the answer to it. So you have the revealed will, the stuff you already know. Then you have the secret will, the stuff that you don't know, that the Trinity has already decided, yea or nay. Here's the key now. Why is it that most Christians want to know the secret will and ignore the revealed will. 
Why is it that we say, yeah, 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 I know this part. But God, ooh, can you give me the secret will of what, what your plans are for me with regarding these relationships? You want to abandon his word because you never spend time in it. So you can hear new revelation when you have not mastered old revelation. Mary and Martha, I told you, I am the resurrection and life. <clears throat> what I want you to do is trust me that if I said he was going to be all right, he was going to be all right. That's the word I gave you. Why you don't want to obey the already revealed revelation, but you want the secret things of God. That's where most Christians lie. Now, now, here, here it is. The only way to get from woo, the revealed will to the secret will is if you do something illogical. Something that don't make sense to you. Something that don't, let me show you. Here it is. Here it is. One word. His love language. Will you, I know it's going to stink. That's why I want you to move it. Hey, but God, you don't understand. It's not only going to stink, it's going to make me look bad because then everybody goes, oh, who did that? So now they're going to blame me. God said, that's why I want you to do it. Will you obey me and do something that's illogical? He's asking you the same thing. Will you obey him and do something that's illogical? Will you? Will you obey him and do the thing that makes no sense to you? None. It makes no sense because it goes contrary to all your personality. The problem with us is we're so educated sometimes. We, we, we now can't even think beyond our education into the supernatural. <clears throat> See, there are two realms. The first realm is the physical realm. The second realm is the supernatural realm. Here's what God's saying again. The only way to know what I'm doing over there and to bring what's over there over here is for you to walk <clears throat> the bridge of faith and say, God, I'm going to mosey up beside you. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to depend on you. And even when I think it makes no sense, I'm going to move the stone that you're asking me to move right now because, God, you're God. I'm not. You're responsible for the outcome. I'm not. I'm responsible to walk in the obedience that you have already revealed to me. Faith. Trust him. And then when you do, he's going to show you and bring the supernatural miracle because of your faith. I see you trusting me. I see you moving the stone. I see you saying, God, I'm going to do it your way, not mine. And all of a sudden now, you're going to see the supernatural intervene in your physical life. Ladies and gentlemen, what is God asking you to do? Where well, you going to trust him and say, God, I don't know if this miracle is for me. I don't know if you're going to do it. But I'm going to sit in patience, waiting with mystery. I'm eager to see, but I'm not eager to see you do what I want you to do. I'm eager to see the part of your character that you're trying to show me. There it is, family. There it is. Now, he does two more things and then we're done. That's really, really, really impressive. He first of all says, um, I need you to move the stone. And then when you look at the next verse, it tells you something that most of us don't have. The next verse says, right when he says, remove the stone. Verse 41, um, it says, so they removed the stone. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus, it's illogical. Hey, Abraham, go kill your son. Illogical. 
okay, God, I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. I do it. And then you see the supernatural intervene in the physical. Hey, uh, four men uh, that has the guy who's paralyzed. And, and they said, Jesus, the guy said, hey, we'll take you up. They put him on a mat, take him up to the roof, lower him down. Here's what Jesus says. Because of their faith, I healed them. Let me ask you a question. You got some friends? Do you have some friends that are faith friends that will help you even though it stinks, even though it's painful, even though it's hard, they will still help you roll that stone back because they want to see God miraculously intervene in your life. Which one is it for you, family? Which one, or do you have some fake friends who say, you have to do that. You don't have to, you don't, why do you want to open this stuff up? You don't have to open it up. Just do you. Is that what you want? Then they're, they're not friends. They're fake friends. Why is it that we surround ourselves with people who are spiritually inferior to who we are so that when we say the A, everybody come alongside you and say A because they're not raising you up spiritually. They're living to your carnal perspective. Text continues. So I need to have some friends. That's why we have community groups. That's why you should be in one. You've, you've walked alone too long. You've, you've come up with every reason why you shouldn't be in one. You need the community so that you can live uh, the way God's called you to live. So that when you need faith and when you need friends to help you do the illogical thing that God's calling you to do, they will rise up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to help you pull off what God's calling you to do. That's where we live in, fam. No, he does something else with this, and then, and then I'm done. I know I'm supposed to fill this out. Go after the notes. Uh, after church today, go on the app, and all the notes will be filled out. Don't worry about it. I've given you enough. Here we go. Anybody got time for that today? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come on down to, if you love a note taker, see. Anyways, let's go. 43. 43, 43, 43, 43. Um, when, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, everybody's grateful that he only called Lazarus, right? So, so let's go to 44. We, we don't need no, that. Here's, here's the revelation. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. If you're on your back page, let's, let me give you some notes on your back page. If you're on your back page, he said he was alive, but he was not liberated. He was alive, but he wasn't liberated. Let me say it another way. He was raised, but he wasn't released. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. He is, he is raised. He is raised to life, but he is bound. He can't move. So if he's going to move, he got to do this. Doop, 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 doop. That's how you got to live the whole life. Unless he had some faith-filled friends that said, I don't want you to stay bound. I want to release you so you can be who God's called you to be. Woe to the person who has nobody who can untie them or who sees them bound and, and says to them, that's real life. And what we have in Christianity today is way too many people that are walking around bound, talking about I'm proud and I'm a Christian. Bound, tied up in foolishness, normalizing it. As opposed to say, God wants more for you than that. 
just because he raised you, let me say it another way, just because he saved you don't mean he still wants you to live bound. He says, I want to give you life and life more abundantly. And you got to run toward the life that he wants for you. We have too many Christians bound, man. You need some friends in your community group that will call you out and say, you can do better than that. For the glory of God, you can do better than that. Now, the text continues, and then, I, then I'm done. The text continues, because right after that, the very next verse, they plan to kill him. How you see all this revelation, and then you go to kill him? That don't make no sense to me. When you go preach the word to somebody, when you go share your faith with your co-workers, don't be surprised when they hate on you. They hate it on Jesus. If they can see all of this blessing and still come to the conclusion, let's kill him, then woe is you. As you share the gospel, don't expect, here we go again, you're not responsible for the outcome. You're responsible for planting the seed, waiting in patience with mystery expectations. That's what you're responsible for. So, 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 so. The next time you, 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 it appears that God has denied a request of yours. I'm just arguing. It's not denied. It's just delayed. And what you should be expecting is what part of your character are you trying to reveal to me today, God? Will you reveal that so that I can rest in it? Like Mary? And like Martha, and like Lazarus did. Father, will you help us as a family? Will you help us as a church family, please? To settle this issue. It's not, I am not the law of the harvest. I'm instead the Lord of the harvest. I'm instead the Lord of the seed. I pray everybody under the sound of my voice will be convinced of this. And so that we will be faithful with the seed, patient, as you reveal what you're trying to reveal to us today. Will you do that for us, please, God? And as you do, we promise, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make your name great. Because you said at the start of this, this was done to reveal the glory of God. You, wanna, you want us to be billboards for you, God, so the whole world can see that we trust, we've placed our faith in the risen Christ. Will you help us to do that? Will you set us free today? Will you give us life and it more abundantly today because of the revelations that we receive from your word? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, family. Put your hands together for God. Yeah. All right. God's done something pretty amazing in our church. We've added more members during COVID than in any other year in the church's history. Will you put your hands together for a great and gracious God that is that good to us? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. We're going to accept some new members into our church now. So if you don't mind, stay right where you are because one day you're going to do this and you're going to want somebody to stay on while we honor these new members. And so we have over 100 of them that we have that God has graciously allowed to join our church toward this last month of the year. Uh, I just am blown away. Will you honor God for me just one more time, please? Awesome. Go ahead, Jen. Virtually, we are celebrating Alexis McCorvey, Miguel and Leslie Medina, John and Ann Maraz, Dr. Jonathan and Alexis Mobley, Naomi Myers, Rebecca Myers, Daniel and Kiki Mwanwu, George Oching, Marion Omidigi, Celeste Paler, 
Mike Payne, Matthew and Sherelle Perry, Jessica Phillips, Kayla Sims, Michelle Robenzine, Camille Robenzine, Donovan McGruder, Robert and Chanel Wilson, Alexis Smith, Billy and Quandra Taylor, Anthony Teague, Joe and Kenya Wright, Grace Bernard, and in person we have Sandy Ballard, Hazel Grace, Tucker, Nedra Johnson, Chandler McGruder, Edward and Patricia McGruder, Jeff and Stacy Smith, and Miranda Washington. Welcome to the family. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much. Those of you who are here for being a part of the family. Those of you online, thank you so much for being a part of our family. We welcome you to the One Community Church family. Let me remind you of one thing. I say it every single time. God allowed you to be a part of our church and for us to be a part of your life because we can't do what he has called us to do without you. We just can't. And so we've got to find, and you've got to help us find, where your place is in the body so that together we're one army moving in one direction for the glory of God. If we're going to do that, then we've got to partner together. And now Jason is going to tell you something about that. He's one of our overseers here. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah. Just like Pastor just said, my name is Jason White, one of the overseers here at the Plano campus. And we're very excited that you chose to join and partner with us. And you guys here, you guys online, uh, our job is to make sure that if you have any questions or any concerns that you get plugged in where you need to uh, feel that you're best fit, that if there's any, any uh, concerns that you have, that we can get those addressed and we can just make this as easy, uh, as easy a process as it can be to fulfill what God has on your life. So thank you very much for joining. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please remember this Wednesday and Thursday is big. This way, invite everybody you know to join a candlelight service. We're going to have it here. It's the whole family. It's not, there's going to be a children's part, an adult part. There's going to be a whole student part in this one-hour service, Wednesday at 7, Thursday at 5 and 7. It's a great time. If you don't have a kid, pick your kid up. Make sure you need it if you're going to do it at home. If you're coming to church, you got to register early because we have to limit it how many people can be here. But it's going to be a candlelight service. We have resound with us for that, for that uh, experience, and you do not want to miss it. It is going to be great. One of the highlights of our year every time we do it. So please make sure you plan for that, prioritize it, and make sure you know it is the reason. He is the reason for the season. In addition to that. Uh, I want you to know two other things before we send you over to our app time. Number one, if you want to join our church, all you've got to do afterwards, you can come up here and be a part of that process. We'll tell you how to do it. If you want to, if you're at home, just click on the next step button or put your phone over the QR code or text that number that you see and somebody will tell you how to take your next step. Maybe your next step is salvation. Maybe your next step is baptism. Maybe your next step is joining the church. Maybe your next step is rededicating your life to Christ. Well, we want and have all of those options available for you. If speaking to your heart today don't just go on let's go on about our business but stop and say i've got to make this decision before i continue my day pastor matt why don't you take us over and go with app time with our online audience go ahead <laughs> 